Kirk Bowles. Kirk, how you doing today? Good, Stretch. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for taking a little time to jump on with us. Clarify what's uh, what's going on with Tom Herman since we had you on last. I, I know that uh, there's obviously been a bunch of sentiments about, well, uh, it's not over with yet. You know, Urban Meyer might still be the guy, and he's waiting till Ohio State season's over because he wants to talk to three Ohio State assistants. Clarify for us what's going on in Austin and what's going on with Tom Herman's job. Well, the AD left it very ambiguous even though he's told us uh, specifically that uh, Tom Herman will be the coach here next year. So this is after releasing a very lukewarm endorsement of Tom in a statement on, uh, I guess it was Saturday, I think it was, uh, that saying Tom Herman is still going to be the coach and they're going to retain him. But uh, a lot of people don't want to take that at face value and think, okay, they're still looking and, who knows if that's true, but if they do, they're going to have an awful lot of egg on their face, and they've already let Tom Herman kind of dangle in the wind for over a month, and so uh, Tom Herman has not said a word. We're hoping that we talk to him tomorrow on signing day, but uh, it's still a little ambiguous, although I think most people who talk to the decision makers think the decision has been made and Herman will be back next season. And, and, and Kirk, I know you're not afraid to place a little wager every once in a while. What do you, what, what do you think? Is, is he back? I think he's back. I mean, that's what Chris Del Conte has told us, and we're taking him at his word. And, you know, things change, obviously. And, you know, we've told him, I said, that was a very lukewarm endorsement. That wasn't much of a vote of confidence. It was like a two-paragraph thing. And when you consider all the words that have been written and spoken, over Tom Herman's future and Urban Meyer's uh, chase by Texas and then to have a two-paragraph release, I don't know. It, it's just it's been very embarrassing, I think, for the University of Texas, and they they should be able to do a lot better and it'd be a lot more, have a lot more clarity than they've had uh, this fall about Tom Herman. How do you fix? How does this affect, uh, Kirk, in your mind, this, this early signing period and, and what's going on from a recruiting standpoint at Texas? Well, I do know that Chris Del Conte didn't put a whole lot of stock in having the coaching decision made before signing day, which is tomorrow. Uh, and and I, I back that. I defend that decision because you'd rather have the right head coach for next year and who knows however long after that instead of, you know, basing a decision on one or two you know, top recruits. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I'd actually applaud that decision. You, you get it right first and then let the chips fall where they may. And obviously Texas had another uh, person uh, opt out uh, over the weekend or Monday, I guess it was, uh, Joseph Asai, the linebacker, and then Jaquindon Jackson just today put his name in the transfer portal as a freshman quarterback who hadn't played this year. So, it's just a little bit of turmoil, and we always seem to have a whole lot more of it here in Austin, as you know. But it sure hadn't stopped. Talking Lots with of Kirk, drama. talking with Kirk Bowles from the Austin American Statesman. Kirk, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this, and 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 you just kind of touched on it. But the only captain on the football team that that is still currently playing and practicing is Ellinger. Does that send? Does that send a message? Is that does that 
I, I guess what I'm saying is where there's smoke, is there fire? Is this team bought in to what Tom Herman has been preaching and the culture that he's been trying to kind of put in place there? Glenn, it raises all those questions and a whole lot of eyebrows at the same time. When you've had seven captains, five of them have opted out to start preparing for the NFL draft, and a, a sixth, Derek Kerstetter, had that awful ankle injury in their last game at K-State. And like you said, leaves only Sam Ellinger. It's very terrible optics, in my opinion. And why I always say, you know, these players need to do what's right for them. And I thoroughly agree with that. But it's interesting, as soon as they're eliminated from the Big 12 championship race, they all opt out. And it's just a bad look when they happen to be, you know, five of your seven captains. It's like, I don't know if they voted for the wrong people as captains, but it it does make your ears perk up when you hear that. And when Sam Bellinger is the only captain that uh, is going to play in their bowl game, it uh, raises some suspicions about you know, the locker room culture for sure. Kurt, you mentioned Jaquindon Jackson <clears throat> uh, opting out and entering the transfer portal. Were you surprised by this? And is this kind of an indication that we can expect to see Hudson Card as the starter next season? You know, I'm not surprised by anything anymore, especially this year. But, yeah, it was always it always seemed like a race between Hudson Card and Casey Thompson, who seems like he's been here eight years already and has never started a game. So, to me, it was very clear, you know, he was the third-string quarterback. And, again, you remember he had that knee injury, you know, uh, that he suffered in the playoffs mm-hmm. for Duncanville. And uh, and so he was kind of in rehab all year. So it was thought ever since December when he signed that uh, yeah, this was just going to be a redshirt year. And even though it's not even a redshirt year now that everybody's eligibility is frozen. So, you know, uh, ostensibly, then he could have another five years with another redshirt year. So uh, it doesn't surprise me, though. We're going to see, you know, Twitter may just become nothing more than, well, who's in the transfer portal now? I mean, there's going to be hundreds, I think, in the transfer portal. They were probably going to be already when, you know, the NCAA membership is going to vote in January whether to uh, allow transfers to play immediately, which I think they should. When you add that to the frozen eligibility because of COVID this year, I just think it's going to result in just massive transfers, you know, before next season. So going into tomorrow, what, I guess what are the, the expectations for the 2021 Longhorn recruiting class? Well, I, I tell you, you know, who knows who, who they might lose, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, it's just – you know, they already had a bunch of decommitments, as you know, I mean, for future. And Quinn Ewers, the South Lake Carroll quarterback, and uh, for uh, the Brockemeyer twins, you know, they're they're the legacy twins, and now they're going to, to Alabama. But, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't follow it as much, much as a lot of people. But when you see these decommitments, I, I always kind of take the attitude. I'll see when they sign and see when they get here. Personally, I thought they should have. Uh, abolish this year's early signing period and just go with the national signing date in February like we usually have because, you know, it's been a dead period all fall, and now the dead period has been extended to uh, April. So they can't be on campus for an official visit, and these coaches can't be in, in the recruits' homes or at the at the recruits' schools and talking to coaches and 
English teachers and principals and that sort of thing. So, you know, I, I personally wish they would have just uh, just delayed it a little bit, and uh, I think that would have been smarter on both on both cases. Kirk, but, let me ask I mean, you this. Let me ahead. ask you this: Does does Sam Ellinger? I mean, you don't think he comes back for another year, do you? No, nobody does, and he kind of played word games with us a little bit, Glenn. You know, like, well, I'm just I'm just concentrating on the next game, you know. But uh, yeah, and there was some school of thought thinking, okay, if you did get Urban Meyer or some other uh, high-profile coach, maybe maybe Sam would look at that and go, oh, yeah, I may stick around for one more year. But now, guys, when you see how many players opt out and uh, we're not even don't even know which bowl game they're going to for sure. It's looking like such a major rebuild next year. And I'd be shocked if Sam really wants to be a part of that because, you know, his legacy is as great as he is and he's gonna be remembered as a great college quarterback, you know, it was tarnished somewhat just because, you know, he was what, one and four against Oklahoma and he never won a Big Twelve championship. So you know, I think everybody would be shocked if, if he did come back. And like you say, it's getting to be a crowded quarterback room, even though uh, Jackson has left, you know. So I, I fully expect him to move on. Yeah, and let me let me finish by asking you this. Uh, Kirk, I know you, you keep your pulse on what's going on in Austin. Do you, do you sense a lot of people rooting for Mac Brown and kind of the job he's done at North Carolina? I think it's probably mixed. I think you, you'll find half that will and then half that, you know, want him back and then the other half that say, well, I, I got to stay at the end. But, you know, personally, Glenn, I am rooting big time for Texas and North Carolina to be matched up in the Cheez-It Bowl in Orlando, Florida, because, you know, it's a it's a Big 12 team versus ACC team. And uh, if for some reason, you know, Notre Dame beats Clemson a second time and knocks Clemson out of the playoffs, then the Clemson would probably drop down to a New Year's Six Bowl and play in the Orange Bowl. And then the third place team, which is North Carolina, might fall to the Cheez It Bowl. And then Texas Carolina might be matched up. And, uh, you know, there, I mean, 11 bowl games have been canceled. And a lot of people, you know, you're wondering, well, are they going to play it? Are they going to play it? Or either no fans or limited fans. So, but it's still, it's still good TV entertainment. So I, that's what I'm rooting for, you know, later this month. Uh, I, I, that's why I love having you on. You always you always bring a little fun, a little fun <laughs> perspective, a little something to think about, a little reason to make you go, hmm. I kind I, I, I kind of like I kind of like Kirk Bowles thinking a little bit. Now let me tell you, I, I'll let all our listeners know. I did I, I I didn't think he was worth a damn when I was with the Cowboys, but I'm I'm a big fan <laughs> right now, Kirk. So listen, I, you know I love you and I appreciate you jumping on with us in the last minute here. Thanks a lot. I'm glad you came around, Glenn. I love you too. Y'all have a good day. <laughs> right, thanks. There he goes, Kirk Bowles.